Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser, and today we're going to be talking with Gina Kennedy, who is the the Devon Group. So, Gina, how are you? <laughs> well, I'm fine, John. I haven't haven't uh, haven't grown into uh, quite those large shoes yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are others here, but uh, I appreciate well, that. Introduction. No, I didn't mean, to, didn't mean to suggest that you were the only person at the Devon Group, but you most certainly <laughs> are the persona and public face of the Devon Group. Oh well, thank you for that. You know, we're we're celebrating our 25th anniversary this month, which is um, I, I it, it has gone by so quickly. And when I say that to people, um, they're they're like, "Wow, 25 years!" I mean, especially when people are 28 years old, they just it's mind-boggling that a business could be in place that long. Yeah, I, so I didn't realize. Well, we both we've been at this the same amount of time. How interesting. How interesting. So tell me, tell me about the Devon Group. For the people who don't know, let's let's be sure that they know about the Devon Group. Well, you know, I think our our uh, journey has uh, been very interesting. Obviously, we started as a tech PR firm back in the day when the internet was becoming commercialized. So uh, that that in and of itself sounds like a million years ago, but it's been a heady ride and. Uh, Part of the journey has involved a heavy focus on HR technology to the extent today where that is most of the client portfolio. And what has also changed over the years, of course, is the science of public relations. So we are not just working with traditional journalists anymore at print publications. Uh, We're creating programs that influence the influencers, uh, work with industry analysts such as yourself, work with financial analysts, uh, certainly the journalism community, but also a heavy focus on content marketing. That's interesting. So, so what are you most excited about at the Devon Group? What's, what's, what's really making the entire uh, system jump up and cheer these days? <laughs> I think, you know, for us at Devon, it's always been about the client, about the clients, and um, you know, I think I think culturally, in terms of a corporate culture, that's been a very interesting orientation, uh, and sometimes um, one that isn't comfortable for new hires. You know, some people onboard a company and are really looking for, uh, you know, the the weekly softball game or the keg party on Fridays, and that's not our culture. We are very focused on our customers. Uh, we're very focused on making our customers successful and supporting whatever their vision is and whatever their exit strategy is. And um, so a lot of times we are one of the quieter players out there in this category because we are behind the scenes rather than, you know, kind of thumping on our own chests here. Well, that's great. Isn't that what you want your marketing people to be, Um, you, you know, saying, that what you do falls squarely in the marketing universe. You, you, you don't want to know who the marketing people are. You want to know what, what the company is about. Exactly. Exactly. It's a build process and it's a blend of corporate brand and product brands. So it's, um, as I, as I said, it's, it's definitely a science and it's a discipline and uh, it keeps us busy. So, so recently you've started 
something that, that doesn't really seem like the rest of the Devon Group. You've taken this active interest in promoting women in HR technology. You're the the chair of the Women in Technology, I think it's a day now, at um, the annual HR conference, and I think you're doing some other things with it. What, what about that? You know, um, it's it's interesting, and I think there's been a lot of focus on on gender equality and pay equity in recent years, and and I think we're all aware that um, much of that focus was spawned by the Me Too movement. Um, in my world, it's always been about uh, equality in the workplace, and that's not just restricted to gender equality. Uh, equality takes many different forms, shapes and forms. And so when presented with the opportunity to chair women in HR tech at the HR tech conference, um, you know, with which we've been associated for many, many years, and then to expand that role in Singapore to do the Women in HR Tech Summit there, I was very excited by the opportunity. I think it's a terrific platform to bring smart people together. And that's male and female, by the way. We don't, uh, we don't strictly have um, a, a program that is limited in that regard uh, because we lift each other up, and it's important that everyone be involved in this mission. So what's next? You, 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 you hinted there that you're expanding globally. What's, what's the global story? So, so we're going to be in Singapore. And, um, I, you know, I know I'm going to have the good fortune of, of seeing you there as well. Um, uh, hopefully we'll all be fresh as a daisy after our 18-plus-hour flights, <laughs> at least from, from New Jersey. I know you've got a little shorter stint than I do. But we will, of course, be kicking off the event uh, which is the first week of May in Singapore and is going to uh, be the largest HR and technology conference in Asia. Uh, so we're expecting, I think, close to 5,000 delegates, which is super impressive. Uh, and they will draw from Singapore as well as throughout the region. So, um, it, you know, we will have uh, a number of very impressive people on our program and also some very impressive people in attendance. So I'm excited about that one. But yeah. So, so is there a difference between um, your efforts to promote women in nature technology in Singapore compared to the United States? Are there cultural differences? I'm glad you asked that question because this has been a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, and I'll tell you where some of the, the, um, some of the variances that I've observed, you know, we are uh, uh, further along with women in HR tech here in the States where uh, this will be our fourth year of the summit. And the list of people who vie for a speaking slot, uh, let's just say no one is shy. So we have an abundance of riches in terms of selecting from speakers, and we're very grateful for their submissions. Um, and certainly wish we could accommodate everybody, but you know we would have uh, a program that was 60 days in duration if that were the case. In turning attention to Singapore and programming in that region, um, Culturally, uh, it's not as acceptable to put yourself forward and to be talking about your personal journey. So there's a great deal of focus organizationally as a culture, but not as much on your personal, uh, promoting your personal journey. So that's the difference I've observed. 
have you observed the same, John? I'm curious. Well, so so it seems to me that that um, um, you know if if one of the subtexts of women in HR tech um, um, attention is to encourage the development of women in HR tech. It seems to me that 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 um, Singapore in particular, but some of the other Asian countries actually have um, um, a, a a more effective um, utilization of women. So, so, so I think that that what you see in Singapore, let's just do Singapore in particular, is that is that women are fully ensconced in management roles um, in in Singapore. It seems to me um, less true in Japan, um, mm-hmm. um, perhaps more true in China. Um, yeah. And so, so, yeah. so the barriers that the 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 sort of gender equality question plays out differently in each of the cultures. And, and um, um, I find that fascinating. I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. on. Absolutely. You know, I, I, where I have noticed a number of women in leadership roles uh, would be in the Singapore banking industry. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, we, in fact, have uh, one of them from DBS Bank, who has helped lead the digital transformation at DBS. And, um, of course, that has been named as the world's best digital bank by Euro Money Magazine. Uh, we will have both um, Sho Chu So and Paul Coban uh, from DBS Bank on our program. And uh, I think that's going to, to – those are going to be fascinating sessions to listen in on. So, so tell me the story or two about how women make it in tech. I mean, this is this is a really interesting question. Although I think that HR tech is um, has has accelerated um, success for women in technology. So maybe both of those things. Do you think that HR tech is a different environment than the rest of tech? And then, then and then tell me a couple of stories about who, women who made it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I'd like to be as optimistic as you are, John. Uh, I don't know that that's actually the case. You know, my my own career uh, has has been focused in technology uh, for the duration, and um, not much has changed. And when I speak with my colleagues uh, in a number of roles, their frustrations are still the same frustrations. I, I'm not. The the we we can't assign blame per se. Bad behavior is bad behavior, and bad behavior emanates on on both sides of the equation. And you know, from my vantage point, of course, I argue that people don't know that it's bad behavior unless you tell them and you call them out on it, or the company puts the types of infrastructure in place that makes people feel safe in being transparent about bad behaviors. So, you know, in terms of what makes for a successful woman in tech, 
um, it would be the same things that make for a successful man in tech. And that is, you know, being focused on, on career development, being focused on being a positive contributor to your company's culture. Um, certainly in tech, your SLAs and KPIs are already, uh, you know, pretty, pretty apparent. Uh, it's like being in sales. There's, you know, there there are goals in place, and and uh, you know, you you can definitely attain them because you know what they are. Um, I'm curious though, have you? Do you feel that that women in HR tech have an easier time of it? I, I don't. I don't know that easier is a word, but it's worth pointing out that every single meaningful role directing the strategy of a company in HR tech is run by a woman. Every single one, and mm, and so okay. and, right, and and so so that's pretty interesting, right? That's pretty. Interesting. I don't think that's true in most of technology, right? But you've got Gretchen Alarcon at Oracle, you've got Amy Wilson at Success Factors, you've got Cecile at um, um, Ultimate Software, uh, and on and on and on through the through the through the track. Um, you know, there there are very few women. There are few people in the industry who are as powerful as Leanne Levenzeller, right? So there's this, there's this mm, heavy technical, um, um, heavy competence, uh, leadership of massive structures uh, that that is squarely in the hands of women, and I think that's unique. Um, and when I went, so, so, so I spent yeah. some time this week with SAP. Um, and their HR tech incubator project has huge numbers of startups that are all women-led startups. I, I think there's I think there's change going on, and that that it is um, it, it's a more fertile environment in HR tech. So, uh, first of all, I appreciate that clarification because my observations were more from the end user company side than the vendor side. I would agree that you have just named some incredibly impressive women in HR tech who are driving um, uh, product development, product design and product development. I think that's they are contributing significantly to this category. Uh, there are quite a few women uh, entrepreneurs who have started firms in HR tech as well. We here at Devon have had the pleasure of um, helping many of them launch. It's still tougher for women uh, in technology to raise funding, though, than it is uh, our male colleagues. It's, uh, you know, it, it's still, if you look at the venture capital community, for example, you don't have the balance and you certainly don't have the preponderance of women versus men in those roles. So it's more difficult for women entrepreneurs to raise money. Okay. I, 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 I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, um, it just seems to me that there is better modeling of leadership than, than mm-hmm. I see anywhere than I see anywhere else. It, it may be that what you're saying is, is um, that I'm describing the difference between a pig and a pig who's in the um, in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know where that imagery came from, but <laughs> let's agree to disagree. How about that? <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, yeah, yeah that, that that's great. So, um, 
spend a lot of time showcasing people who are successful. What else do we need to do to make this a more fertile environment for the success of women? Well, I think um, I think building community is a really important part <clears throat> of making it successful. And uh, and I'm not saying segregated communities. I mean uh, communities that are collaborative and and inclusive. And I think to some extent, John, that's what these events in the industry uh, do. I mean, uh, HR Tech in in October in Vegas is is the de facto town hall for everyone in in the HR technology industry. And I think the more of that type of, whether it's physical or virtual, coming together and exchange of ideas, uh, it advances everyone. Um, You know, it's interesting, when we do messaging and branding workshops, uh, we have a a discovery phase to that process, and we do uh, quite a few interviews, uh, usually with the respective vendors' uh, customers. Uh, depending where they are in that journey. And every single time when I ask one of their customers, what influences your buying decision, they will tell me it is word of mouth from their colleagues. So even if, let's say, I'm at Bank A and my competitor is Bank B, I will still listen to my colleague and observe what my colleague is doing at that competitive bank versus, um, you know, maybe reacting to something uh, external that doesn't have the validation of, of, another, of another user. So I think that's a really, really interesting observation, but I, I, I can't overemphasize the role of community enough. So, so besides having events, what, what exactly is going on to build that community? Well, you know, I think certain organizations are doing a really good job with engagement, um, and some of it you observe on, on social, of course. Uh, you know, Sherm does a really nice job with their next chat, uh, where, where they're, um, you know, being provocative in the number of questions that are asked and engaging HR professionals. And I know that um, there's a healthy exchange of ideas there. There are, of course, a number of other, whether they're physical or virtual events. There are also people in our industry who have done a stellar job of creating a following uh, because they are trusted advisors. And uh, you would certainly fall in that category. I know you've got quite a following at HR Examiner. Um, I don't know if that was your intent to create community when you first started out, but that's certainly where you've landed. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I, you know, you know, I, I I don't know that I mm, buy the idea that there's that there's digital community to be had. Um, I, I know that that's probably contrarian, um, but 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 it seems to me like like it's something less than community, and and so what I'm. What I'm trying to understand, because I, because I, I want to be helpful in this area, is how you get people connected in rich ways that transcend the hard work of getting the job that you have to do every day done, right? And that's that's community that's over and above the workday is a really really hard thing to sustain. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, and 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 let me just say that that no one would ever call you contrarian, John. But uh, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> so so I 
I don't know that the incorporation of, for example, social media into the workday is unnatural at this point in time. I think it was initially, you know, if we go to the Wayback Machine, but I think that now it's something that, uh, you know, people have up all day long. Uh, They're interacting real time. Um, They're perhaps weighing in on a topic or some of our, our industry thought leaders are certainly planting some interesting topics out there. And I think people want to be heard, and it gives them a platform. Um, Twitter is a great example. You know, it gives them a platform to be heard. And I think we have some people in the HR technology industry in particular who are very generous about sharing thought leadership and um, being of counsel to, uh, to, to those HR professionals who reach out. So I, I think digital communities are viable in, in, at this point in time and will continue to grow. Okay, that's great. So, so we're going to um, uh, Singapore next week. Uh, what do you expect to learn on the trip? Are you going to China? I am not going to China. Um, my schedule is so tightly booked in May that uh, I am not able to continue on to Shanghai. Uh, are you going to Shanghai? Nope, nope. Um, Singapore was was as big a commitment as I could make to being global this spring. Yeah, it's, uh, but, it's tough. So what do you want to get out of the trip? So, you know, I'm I'm fascinated, first of all, just from a conference standpoint, I'm fascinated in the engagement of the delegates in Singapore. Um, it, it, it's very much a must-attend type of event, uh, and, and people are very excited about um, being in attendance and sharing information. Uh, we are, of course, going to have a pitch fest there. I know people are very excited about seeing the startups in pitch fest. Um, we have companies like Spotify and Unilever and, uh, on the vendor side, ADP and Workday and Microsoft and Trustfear uh, making presentations at the event. Um, Singapore's Ministry of Manpower is uh, strongly supporting the event as well. So I think that's very interesting. And, of course, the the proximity of Singapore to Malaysia and Philippines and Vietnam and all of these countries have amazing talent pools. Um, I I think all of that's going to make for a very interesting show. Well, I'm excited. Singapore is – you know, you know, I'm I'm very interested in understanding corporate culture these days, and Singapore turns out to be um, the case study for how to evolve culture. It's really, yeah. it's really yeah. interesting. So there's 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 great stuff to learn about that as well. So who's going to be talking in the Women in HR Tech agenda in Singapore? Well, we are um, uh, fortunate to have uh, J.C. Fong of Workday as our opening keynote. And our closing keynote is someone you've mentioned earlier in our conversation today, and that is Cecile from Ultimate Software. Uh, We're also going to have uh, Kylie Ballou from ADP. Uh, We are going to have uh, Anthony 
Collier from Romstad joining us. Stacy Harris is flying over. Uh, Stacy, of course, does uh, the industry's gold standard research uh, at Sierra Cedar. So, you know, I just think it's going to be a very interesting Women in Tech Summit. And, of course, it is the first one we're doing in Singapore. So I'm looking forward to it being the first of many to come. So if if I'm a woman in HR tech, I would probably not have quite as deep a voice. But if I'm a woman in HR tech, get on your radar. Well, you know, I I always uh, and I, as you can imagine, spend a great deal of my time chatting with people, uh, and and a lot of the patterns and trend data that comes out of those conversations help inform the work we do for our clients, but also help inform the programming that I get to do, both for the Singapore show and for the uh, the uh, U.S. show. Those types of um, uh, conversations make their way into the sessions and we also take feedback very very seriously so if someone feels that um, a topic did not resonate with them uh, we want to know why and we we make adjustments accordingly so um, you know I'm all about people uh, reaching out and of course I think the women in tech summit builds community in and of itself so uh, always eager to hear from people so, so give me a sense of what the themes are that have your attention. Right, women in tech um, is 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 kind of a, a, a sort of thin, overarching thing. There must be important thematic pillars underneath that, like maybe pay equity or or, or, or sort of social justice issues and um, how you make a difference um, coming from um, a dis in a career is is that is that the meat of, of women in HR tech what's what's the underlying story yeah I mean listen the women who attend these conferences are usually fairly far along in their careers they're holding leadership <laughs> roles uh, or or uh, in some capacity, uh, you know, overseeing strategic projects or managing um, work groups, oftentimes in a multinational model. They don't want to go to women in HR tech and be told what the problems are. They want to be told what the solutions are. That's what they're there for is to learn what the solutions are. So we do focus on topics such as pay equity. And such as, uh, you know, um, pilot programs, the use of blockchain, the evolution of augmented reality and virtual reality. I mean, we have focused heavily, as you can imagine, on technology topics. But there is an element of process as well, because our attendees are looking to go back to their own organizations with actionable information that's going to help them either craft those processes, uh, you know, individually to their organization or maybe improve on existing processes. So uh, I think that there's something for everyone. Uh, We also do have a few sessions for those earlier in their career who want to learn from uh, the very impressive women that we have on uh, on our speaker circuit. So we always include something along the lines of climbing the leadership ladder so that our earlier um, entrants in the workplace are able to to learn from others. Uh, that's an important teachable moment as well. 
Fantastic. So, so if I'm a listener and I've been, I've been listening to our conversation, what should I take away from the, the conversation? Well, I hope that um, since we've been talking about events, those, that's the easy part. Um, look at uh, the HR Festival Asia website and also the HR Technology Conference website and get those dates on the calendar and please uh, tell your colleagues about the events and join us. And if you're not able to join us, uh, I would hope that they would reach out to you or, or me and uh, perhaps we can share some of the learning that we take away uh, from our participation in these events. Um, but on the other side, you know, uh, we love to have the machine fed. So any kind of feedback or new ideas, uh, it's always, always open to process improvement. So looking forward to hearing from your listeners uh, with their ideas as well. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing this in Singapore. Um, it's it's be a, 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 a remarkable thing to behold. Um, thanks for taking the time to do this, Jean. Would you reintroduce yourself and tell people how to get with it? Absolutely. So my name is Jean. My last name is Achille. I'm the CEO of the Devon Group. Uh, that would be at Jean Achille on Twitter. My email address is Jean at DevonPR.com. Thanks again for doing this, Jean. And, um, listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Jean Achille, the founder and CEO of the Devon Group. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks again, Jean. We will see you back here this time next week. Bye-bye.